John 17, and uh, again, just so we kind of preface what's going on, uh, this is the prayer of the Lord as He's praying to, to His Father, and He makes mention of that before, and uh, He speaks of that, and He says in verse number 11, Holy Father, and we said that this morning, that there's only one Holy Father, and that's God. So, uh, we've got our Bibles. John 17, let's begin reading in verse number 9. We're going to read verse number 9, and uh, we'll read through verse number 19, okay? So the Bible says, I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now... I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through, uh, through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, and that they may be uh, one as we are. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in, my na- in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the spirit, the Scripture might be fulfilled. And now I, come, I, now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that, you might have, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated me, uh, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou, that thou shouldest keep them from evil. And they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through, the, through the, thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Verse 19, we'll, cl- we'll uh, pray and then we'll jump into the message. Verse 19, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for everyone that is here. I thank you for the presence of God. I pray that you'd go before us in the message and then on into the the meeting. I pray, dear Lord, that you uh, you would have your will and way and everything that's said and done. Lord, I pray that I'd only say those things which glorify you and only do those things which glorify you. Lord, I love you. I thank you for Mid-County Baptist Church. I thank you for these families that are here tonight. I pray for those that could not be here tonight for whatever reason it may be, but I pray that you'd help them and encourage them as well. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as we've looked at this text in verse number 6 all the way down through verse number 18, we kind of went through the introduction this morning, but Jesus taught His disciples. He gave them Scripture. He kept those, they kept the Word. Being fulfilled gives them joy. Uh, They're not of this world. Uh, They're of a better world, heaven. Uh, Then there was the command to go, and that's kind of where we stopped there was go. But now I want to dissect what Jesus prayed for. Number one, 
I want to look at his supplication he made for his disciples. In verse number 9, he said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. Jesus makes a statement here. I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying for the lost right now. I'm praying specifically for my disciples. Supplication, what does it mean? Supplication is to ask uh, for something earnestly or humbly on, for someone else. And Jesus was saying, I'm asking on the behalf of the disciples that you'd help them. I'm asking that you'd help them. And I said this a little bit this morning, but ultimately every one of us need prayer. Every one of us needs somebody going to God on, on your behalf praying. I, I need people praying for me. Yes. I, need, I really do. I, I, I need God's protection on me. My children need God's protection on them. You need God's protection on them. Your grandchildren and your children need God's protection on them. Who's going to give them that protection? Who's going to pray for that hedge of protection? And I know that you say, well, why do you say a hedge of protection? Do you remember in the book of Job uh, when, when, when Satan came to attack Job, there was a hedge of protection around him that stopped. Job from getting to him. Who put that hedge there? Who put that hedge of protection around Job? Somebody put it there. I don't know if it was a praying mama. I don't know if it was a praying wife. I don't know what put that protection there. God put it there ultimately. But I think we need to go on God to God on our behalf and pray God's protection around our church, around our church family, and pray earnestly humbly before God for that protection. We need to supplicate for each other. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are are going through loss. Uh, There's people that are dealing with all kinds of things that you and I don't know what's going on in their life. Everybody walks into this room. All kinds of walks of life we come from. And we need to pray for each other because we don't always know the specific need. And I've said it before on Wednesday night when we take prayer requests and and we've done prayer requests. And and look, there's, there's sometimes when we take prayer requests, people don't mention certain things because they don't want people to know about. Uh, Financial needs uh, and spiritual needs, uh, uh, physical needs. Yes, yes, yes. We need people to supplicate. We need to, we need people to go to God for us. Jesus, I can, I I just, I don't know. To me, I look at this text and Jesus says, I pray for them, not the world. Don't, don't mistake this, God. I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for them. Right. Who's them? Those 11 disciples. Those disciples that he poured his life into. Those disciples that he he spent time with and prayer with. And and all all those things that we talked about this morning. All the miracles. He prayed for them. How humbling must it have been for the disciples to hear Jesus over there praying for them. For them. You know what the great one of the one of the greatest things to me is to hear somebody pray for me. Amen. To hear them say it. Yes. Every I, I, I I'm telling you, it's so funny. We have prayer for breakfast, prayer for lunch, prayer for supper. Sure. We do. Yeah. And all the time, I'll ask the girls if they want to pray. They don't always want to pray. They may not always want to pray for supper. 
But just about for the last couple of weeks, Lindsay, every time we pray, pray for Nani, pray for Nani, pray for Nani. We, we go, we're praying for breakfast. Pray for Nani. I, look, I don't know what the Lord's put on her heart, but her Nani needed prayer. And so guess what we'll do? We'll pray for Nani. Amen. And every night when we have, our, I, I don't know, it, it is, it, that is her prayer request. We have prayer, we, uh, we, do Bible, we do Bible devotions as a family in the evening. There are some nights we miss because we get busy and we forget. We forgot our devotions. But every night when we do our Bible devotions, I go around the room and I ask them for something to pray for. And it is for somebody. And it is without fail. One of the girls will ask for prayer for someone in the family. Amen. That does, oh, it, I'm telling you what, it, it lights fire under me. Oh, and I, I, I need to pray for my family. Yeah. I need to pray for my mom. I need to pray for my grandma. I need to pray for my cousins and my aunts and my uncles that if they're lost to get saved, if they're saved to keep going. Amen. And then I think about my church family. You guys need me to go to God on your behalf. Yes, yes, yes. Because you need me to supplicate for you. Yes. That if you're, if you're struggling, that you'll get picked up. If you need encouraged, that you'll get encouragement. That if, you're, that if you're down and out, that you'll get back up. If you're struggling to keep going, to keep going. Look, I need to pray for you. Jesus prayed for his disciples. You think that for just a moment, it's not important for us to pray for each other. And yet Jesus prayed for his own Amen. disciples. We need to pray for each other. I'll, sometimes we'll say, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And we never do. Let's pray right now. Okay. You've asked me to pray. Well, okay, let's pray right now. Because sometimes I'll walk away and I'll forget what you asked me. What did, what did they ask me to pray for? I know I'm not alone on that, right? Right. No. We've got to pray for each other. I've always read that statement, a family that prays together stays together. You ever read that before? We're a family. This is our family. If you're a born-again believer, we're part of the family of God. We pray together. Guess what we're going to do? Stay together. We're going to stay together. Because we're praying for the same common goal. That's right. Same common thing. Mm -hmm. I need your prayer and you need my prayer. Amen. And then we need to team together to pray for people. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I truly love our Wednesday night time where we, we specifically take prayer requests and we specifically pray for people. That's why there's a spot for you to write those prayer requests yeah. down. It's not so you can leave that list here. And so that you can take it home and pray for those people throughout the week because there are ailments, there are sicknesses, there are things that people are facing. Pray for each other. Jesus said, I pray for them. He made supplication for them. Not only did He make supplication for him, but He asked for safety. He asked for safety. In verse number 11, verse number 12, and verse number 15, he asked God for safety for the children. He said, I don't want them to take, we talked about that, I don't want them to come out of the world, but I want you to keep them safe. I want you to keep them safe. 
We need God to help keep us safe. We need to keep our children safe from the evils of this world. The Bible tells us that our children don't need to be naive to evil. We don't have to introduce evil to them. Evil will come soon enough. Protect them from the evils of this world. Protect our church from the evils of this world. Protect our church from the evils of Satan because there will be people. Has it come in the past, Brother Blackie's told me, it's come in the past where people have tried to hurt the church and hurt things around. We don't want that. We want to pray God's safety around the protection of God's church. Keep evil out of here. Keep Satan's devices out of here. We don't want division. We don't want confusion. We don't want that. God's safety around here. It's all right to pray. God, keep us safe. Keep us safe from the evils of this world. This, that we have children and young people that are growing up and they're coming to church, whether they're riding a van or their their parents are bringing them. We need God to protect those children from the evils of Satan because Satan wants to take our children and take it over and give them over to to the world. Uh, Pray God, help those children to stay right and be right and, and pray safety over the evil. The creditor is coming. Take the kids. <clears throat> and we've got to pray for them. Keep them safe. Keep them from evil. You don't have to know evil. You don't have to know those wicked things of the world. He prayed for them that what was important, keep them from evil. He didn't, he didn't ask for a material gain. He didn't ask for them to be rich. He didn't ask for them to have monetary gain. He asked that they would be safe. Who is evil? Satan is evil. I've watched Satan take good people. I've watched Satan take good people and hurt them and get them out of church. I know people today who are not in church today because Satan got in their life and they ruined their life. And they were tithing, going, people, faithful of faithful servants of God. And Satan got in and got them off track. They made their own decision ultimately. But we've got to pray God's safety on Brother Eddie and I pray God's safety on you and pray God's safety on Brother Alfred and pray God's safety on your marriage and pray God's safety on your children and pray God's safety on our church. Uh, yeah. Satan wants yeah. to wreck our homes and wreck our children and wreck our church because if he can get us off track, if he can get this church divided against each other and going this way and going that way, he, he'll, he'll get us completely off track where we're not reaching people anymore. Right. He said, God, God, would you give safety to my disciples? Hey, did God give them safety? Did God protect his, his disciples? You say all of them died. They did all die. Most of them died a martyr's death, but not before they got the church up and running right. and going and exploding. I mean, thousands yes. of people were saved and thousands of people were reached because of the safety that God prayed for them in John 17. We need God's protection, safety. Yes. Yes. And I love, you pray for God's safety every time you pray. 
Man. Yes. Miss Janice, I've heard you give testimony that you, before you leave your house in your vehicle, you pray God's safety around that vehicle. Absolutely. Hey, look, there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's right. No. We need God's safety. The evils of this world. He prayed for them. He supplicated for them. He prayed. He prayed to. He prayed for them that for safety. And then lastly, he prayed that they would be sanctified. Look in verse number fifteen, verse number seventeen, to verse number nineteen. He said, "I pray." At the very end of fifteen, he said, "But thou shouldest keep them from evil." Verse seventeen: Sanctify them through the, thy truth. Verse nineteen. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they may also, that they might, good night, I can't even read, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. What does sanctified mean? It means to be set apart. It means to be holy. It means to be consecrated. He said, you are, you're, hey, he, he said, disciples, I pray that you'll be sanctified, that you'll live a holy life, that you'll live a consecrated life. And these men went to their grave believing that he was the Son of God and preached the truth until they died. Here was John the Beloved who preached all by himself on an island and still never recanted and never quit changing his story. He was hanging on to this truth that, hey, look, I'm consecrated to the Lord. Uh, Whatever comes my way, uh, whether I'm on an island by myself, uh, whether I feel destitute uh, all by myself, whether I feel discouraged uh, and down and out uh, and nobody with me uh, and nobody for me, he still prayed. He still lived holy and consecrated all the way to his death. All these disciples did. God asks, hey, sanctify. Lord, help them to be sanctified. God, help them to be sanctified. Our church needs people that are sanctified, holy, set apart, consecrated for the service of not me, and not for the church, but for God. Amen. He, the cleaning of the soul, this takes place in the world. This holy cleaning that God was asking for was taking place in the world. See, and I, I, I said this this morning. I, I've got a couple more thoughts and I'm going to close. But sometimes uh, Christians think that if we can just remove you from the evil, well, then it'll all be okay. Like, let's just go build a big convent and we'll all live on this property and then no evil will ever come. That's not how it works. Uh, he, God, Jesus prayed. He said, I don't want to remove these children from evil. I don't want to remove them from the world. Because the world needs them yeah. to be sanctified and holy and separate. And so that the world can see that God is real. And so that the world can see that they're still consecrated people. The world needs us to be a light. The world needs us to stand true in the face of a storm, in the face of, of wrong. They need us. They don't need us to back down. They don't need us to shut up. They don't need us to run and hide. They need us to stand true. Amen. Live holy, consecrated. I believe it was uh, David Livingston that was a missionary to, the, to Africa 
and he served his whole life in, in Africa. Uh, he was the one that buried my heart, right? And he, he, uh, he, he spent his whole life in Africa knowing uh, that's where God wanted him to be. Wholly consecrated for God. And when he died uh, over there or died, uh, they said uh, he wanted to bury his heart on the mission field because that's where God wanted him to be. And David Livingston, they said, had only one, uh, five people on his hand. How many people he had won to Christ was on his hand. He spent his whole life in Africa, and to this day, you can go to Africa and go to the place where David Livingston was and preach the gospel. There's a falls named after David Livingston because of the influence he has still today because he he was faithful to God. Though he may not have seen the fruit in his day, the fruit came after he died, and the fruit came after he was gone. But the fruit was there because he was faithful and holy and consecrated to God. We need to be sanctified to him. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be sanctified. Jesus prayed that his disciples, his disciples, uh, let's see here. His disciples had, had safety and he prayed on their behalf. He supplicated for them. But then he said, how do you get sanctified? Verse 17 tells us we'll get sanctified them through thy truth. What's the truth? Read the rest of that verse. Thy word is truth. How can I be sanctified? How can I be holy and consecrate to God? This book. Amen. There's a song, and I'm going to close with this. There's a song that says, This blessed old book that I hold in my hand, It's true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it, now it keeps me from sin. Well, I think what it costs just to hold in my hand. And I'm reminded that I owe a great debt to all of the martyrs who rose to the stake and gloated with their dying breath. Well, its critics are many and the labors are few. But one thing I found to be true, when you find when you read it that there's something wrong, then there's something wrong with you. It's this blessed old book that I hold in my hand. It's true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it. Now it keeps me from sin. This Bible is truth. Amen. And it will help sanctify us. Jesus prays, but He prays that He prays, He supplicates. He has supplication praying on their behalf. He prays for their safety, but He also prays that they would live a sanctified life, holy, consecrated to the Lord. So what is it for us? What life will I live? Will I pray for others? Will I live sanctified for Christ? 
will I pray for safety for others. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for those that are here. I pray that